five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.
Well, I think that qualifies as a dark yacht. I think it's dark yacht. Even though it's not classically dark yachty. But it's dark, right? I mean, it's Gilligan's Island. They go through a storm. It's very dark. The SS Minnow gets tossed ashore an uncharted desert isle. And um, little Roger and the Goosebumps turned that story into a postmodern uh, mash, really, by basically turning it into Stairway to Heaven. If, you, if you're watching or listening, rather, on the podcast, that's what we just heard. Little Roger and the that song came out a long time ago, by the way. And um, Little Roger uh, played in uh, Dick Dick Bright's orchestra. He did a lot of stuff with Dick Bright back in San Francisco uh, back in the day. So I, I I listened to that tune. I think when I was I don't know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, somewhere around there, and. They used to play that song on KSAN. Then I think they got like a cease and desist because of some copyright bullshit. Uh, and then they had to they had to stop playing it. But it's now widely available on YouTube. And somebody decided to take that song, which is a really kind of one of these early first edition postmodern mashes. And they took the song and then they did their own video of Gilligan's Island. Um, and they had their own cast of characters who are degraded copies of the, uh, of the original cast of characters and made their own video of it. Kind of, it's kind of clever, kind of fun. Uh, definitely a little on the, I would call that dork yacht. I wouldn't call it dark yacht. I'd call it dork yacht. So a little dork yacht to start your day. How is everybody? Welcome to the show. Uh, this is Robert Phoenix. You are now a part of 15 Minutes of Flame with uh, our yacht crew on the SS Chataria, who I will be connecting with here briefly. You might hear some ambient noise in the background. I have a, a plumber here uh, at the Homestead studio because I've had a plumbing issue pop up in the last couple months and it's gotten worse this is what happens when you have a neptune transit of your fourth house you deal with you deal with water leaky pipes yep so we have a this is an old house i'm living in from the 1940s i'm the first person to live in this house that is not from or part of the family that built this house which is one of the original German families that emigrated, emigrated from Germany to the U.S., Texas, Hill Country. And um, it's a pretty, pretty well-known family in this. In these parts, in these parts, it's a pretty well-known family. And good people, good people. I really, I really lucked out when it came to finding this place. Although it's not in Fredericksburg directly, which I actually kind of liked because I was not that far from the gym. Now I'm kind of far from the gym. Um, so I, I would 
have no problem going to the gym and working out. And it was easy. And there was more civilization. Now, it's not the big city, but, you know, my, uh, my entertainment was going to HEB. And I know that sounds kind of lame, but think about all the other forms of entertainment available to us today. How lame is that? Real life is way more theoretically real life or theoretical real life is way more interesting and fun than the degraded copy that they offer up on the internet, uh, mass media, social media, for the most part. I find my joy in uh, small mundane moments like walking through HEB. That's where it's at now. But we're we're staring down bigger things, bigger uh, entertainment, bigger novelty, a bigger connection. And that's going to happen next week when we get together in the Hill Country in Kerrville at the fourth annual now Harvest Moon Festival. And uh, it's going to be our biggest event yet. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have the Leo King, David Palmer, and a bunch of goodies all planned. It's going to be a fun time. Um, so the schedule for next week is I'm probably not going to do any shows because I got I Monday I take off and then there's Tuesday, Wednesday, and those are big days for staging, planning, all the other stuff that goes along with it. So I'll, I'll probably not do a show until Friday of next week after the Sunday night show. So tomorrow uh, we have Howdy McCoskey over on YouTube talking about the space fence, the space gate, leaving Plato's cave, breaking the cycle of reincarnation, what that all infers. So he's going to be on the show, breaking out a lot of truths. Uh, some of them uncomfortable for some people, but if you are interested, really interested in living with, let's call it the lack of illusion, you're going to want to watch the show because Howdy's great. So that's going to be tomorrow over on YouTube. If you're a new visitor here, welcome to the show. Um, we're going to get into Chataria briefly in a minute, a little morning meet and greet. Uh, but before I do that, though, we do have a sponsor for the show. And that sponsor is True Hemp Science. And uh, let me go to their True Hemp Science page that I have on my website, which is 15 minutes of flame. That's ovflame.com. If you'd like to come join us here at 9-11 Central Standard Time, hang out with the Chataria crew. A very nice crew indeed. So let me do a little, little screen share here. Uh, people were commenting yesterday about my relationship with the moon dust. I got to tell you, it makes a difference. I did not have the moon dust today, so I won't be as out there and wacky, but the show is early. We are early on the show. So I could evolve into a more wacky persona at some point, even without the moon dust. So the moon dust is great. The reviews of the moon dust are in. In fact, the reviews on Chris's CBD are, they're really literally starting to come in. Like you can actually go on his page and review some of these products. Let me just give you a, a visual of the products. 
if you're looking for anything and all products. So there's the moon dust right there. And somebody actually rated the moon dust. They gave a five-star rating. Look at that. One review, five-star rating. And uh, what's interesting too is that Chris's little shop has become kind of a place where people congregate, hang out. And whenever I'm there, he gets some foot traffic and people come in and they ask questions and he's very, yeah, very cordial, very available. Uh, so he's always a, a source and font of information around this stuff. And Chris will be joining us uh, at the Harvest Moon. He'll have a table there, uh, at least on Friday. I don't know what his schedule is going to be like for the rest of the weekend, but he, he will have a table there. He will make an appearance. He will have some goodies for us to sample live. So that's one of the benefits about coming to the event. You get to hang out with people that are a part of our community. And that's what Chris is. Um, and all kinds of really cool stuff here. The Spagyric is a big hit as well. If you guys know anything about uh, Spagyrics, the Krimis have talked about Spagyrics and how the Spagyric is created, you know, in the morning, you know, with the right water. So it is a, a different, completely different process in terms of, producing the effects of the CBD that you want. So all kinds of really cool stuff. And I've talked about the fulvic in ocean minerals. This is a great deal, by the way, you go to Dr. Tenant site, you're going to play pay two times that amount. Right. And everybody needs their fulvic acid and ocean minerals. I've tasted this. It's very powerful. Very, very powerful. So Chris has some other products there besides hemp, which I've talked about before. And that's one of them. So if you go to true hemp science backslash ref backslash 23, and you buy $100 of product or more, you get free product thrown in. And then for $150, you get free shipping. And I can't recommend it heartily enough. And by the way, we're still hoping to get um, Chris some views, not just views, but votes over on the uh, uh, Best of Austin and uh, Fit Magazine. So if you, uh, I think we'll leave a link here uh, in the show page. So if you want to, if you want to shoot him some votes, that'd be awesome. I might even put it on Twitter so that uh, we'll see if we can move the needle and get him on the best list for the city of Austin with a CBD storefront. All right. Well, here we are. It's Thursday. It's the 6th of October. And the title of today's show has to do with uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. Volodymyr. And... This is no, by the way, this is no, uh, this is not a derogatory comment on anybody that happens to be his height, by the way, because there are people who watch the show who are part of our community. They're not classically tall, but they're good people. So I'm not going to just have a blanket statement and, and say that uh, short people become tyrants. 
but it takes a special short person to fight against that, to realize that, that, that their value and their worth is not based on their height or lack of height alone. So if, if you are a fair, balanced, compassionate, loving person, and you don't conform to the five feet, eight and under petty tyrant, short dictatorial rule, we embrace you and we sing your praises. That said now, since I've gotten that out of the way, that's a disclaimer, by the way, that's a disclaimer. Uh, when you look at the history of short people, short men, they wind up being fucking dictators. Now, here in the U.S., we have to have our presidents tall. Most presidents are six feet and above. I've, I've gone down that path, too. And that's, that is not a selling point for Ron DeSantis, who happens to be five foot ten. He would be the first president under six feet. I think since Nixon, I think Nixon was around 5'10 or 5'11, but everybody else, Johnson was tall. Kennedy was at least six feet. Um, I don't think Truman was tall. That should tell you something. He was a little weasel. So uh, you go through history. We've done it before. A lot of shorties, a lot of evil shorties. And Zelensky, unfortunately, conforms to the model. I, there's a picture of him on the, the uh, thumbnail. And he's standing next to Macron, who I think is, what, 5'9", maybe 5'10", in lifters. And uh, he's shorter than Macron. And he acts like a fucking little Hitler. And I know he's an actor. We all know he's an actor but he's playing the role of a little Hitler. He just recently signed a law, by the way, which forbades anyone in the government of Ukraine, whether it's him or his successors, whoever they may be, to negotiate with Russia. So this whole idea of, of you know, peace, settlement, it's not available. They're not going to do it, right? They're just not going to do it. It's like, fuck you. There's no negotiating. Well, of course, he's taking his uh, marching orders from another group of short people, also known as the neocons. Kimberly Kagan must be all of what? Five foot three, five foot four. How, how tall is Vicki Newland? She's lucky if she's five four. So it's not just men. We have, we have short women who are tyrannical, absolutely tyrannical. So is this the great short conspiracy? Probably not. But there, there's enough, there's enough meat in the bones to make a case that uh, somebody who has to look up to other people for the majority of their life doesn't like it. And so now you get to look up to me. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Zelensky in today's show. Also, a very strange development taking place 
uh, with Russia, with Nord Stream 2, they say they have another string that's available and able to pump gas and fuel to Europe. Now, how does this happen? Planning? Did they envision that this could actually happen to Nord Stream 2? And they had a backup plan? Because now the Russians are saying, well, yeah, we got a, we got another string. I'm going to talk about that story too. Uh, we have another string that allows us to send gas to Europe. Oh, that's interesting. I thought we blew it up. Anyway, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into some other stuff today, some funny videos, some humor for sure on the, on the uh, video side, and some interesting developments when it comes to migrants in Europe. Uh, two very interesting and contrasting videos, by the way, that I'll play a little bit later in the show. So we're going to kind of go over a lot, a lot of uh, different things. So let me get into Chattaria. And of course, we have our saint of the day. This is a new feature on 15 Minutes of Flame where we're actually featuring and illuminating the life of a particular saint of a particular day. And I got one today for you that is so inspiring especially if you're attractive. If you're attractive, this is, this is going to be your saint. A lot of these saints aren't very attractive. When you look at the pictures of the dudes, like, oh, man. Or even the women. The women are a little bit better. They're kind of plain Janie, but today's, today's saint is, is, is really um, glamorous. Her ending is not glamorous, however. None of the endings of saints are glamorous. For the most part, there's a reason why they're saints. They suffer at the hands of infidels, non-believers, and uh, pagans. As in the case of one of our saints from yesterday, who was actually abducted by jealous pagans. Anyway, let's get into Chattaria, and um, let's see who's here today. Let me get back over here go through some of the comments and do a little roll call. Yeah, roll call. All right, who do we have? Let's see. Sony. What's going on, Sony? Okay, I didn't get there to be in chat. Something happened, Janine. We'll find out. It's hard. Lost my cat earlier. Uh, losing a cat is tough. There's the lovely Anna Sophia. Hello. There's my man, Ryan. Ryan lost a cat. I lost a cat. It's hard when we lose our pets. And I don't know the full story of Janine. Maybe it was more than that. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? Miss Nakia. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Good to see you. Huckle, Huckle's here. DJ MC in the house. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Here's TJ. Morning, Tom. Garrett Brooks. Cheers from New England. Cheers right back at you. Where's our man, Michael Pafford? Uh-oh. We got a Mike, Michael Pafford is MIA. We're going to miss his uh, sharp and witty comments here. Uh, looking forward to meeting everyone. Yes, indeed. Marianne looked like a bog, bog old tranny. <laughs> Big old tranny, yes. You love this song. Yeah, it's a fun song, right? 
uh and jack oh jack's a, cor- a corgi oh i had a chicken farm and jack the corgi really did well with hurting the chickens he adapted oh, i'm sorry it's hard it's hard when we lose our our animal friends very hard uh let's see who else do we have here jack will be remembered we're dedicating today's show to the memory of jack jack the corgi jack the corgi chicken herder today's show is dedicated to you mark m what's going on mark m good to see you and jack lost his hearing towards the end he had cataracts and even though not diagnosed was having dementia he would jump off the porch like he was super dog. He was getting scared. You know, that happened to my dog towards the end of his um, life. He definitely was getting a little dementia out. Oh, it was hard. That was so, so hard. And I swear to God, pets, when they get to that place in their life and you think, oh, shit, I got to put this animal down, right? I got to put this animal down because their quality of life is just sucking. And if they lived in the wild, they'd be, they wouldn't make it. That's really the litmus, right? They wouldn't make it. And every time with my dog, Cosmo, every time he would get to that place, it was almost like he was reading my mind and he would rally. I'm like, oh shit. You know, you, you get, you have this memory of how your pets were when they were more vital and, uh, you know, kind of more with it as I, and it the memory just kicks in. And so that, 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 that picture, that image, that, that kind of living, breathing hologram of, you know, that pet's life takes shape again. And so, you know, all your, your, your cells and your brain, everything that's related to that animal's phase of being healthy and functional kick in. It's kind of like muscle memory in some ways. And then you kind of put it off to the side and it would, you know, he'd be okay for maybe two days and then three days. And, and I'd start to have the conversation in my head. God, I got to put him down. And then again, he would kind of miraculously, you know, have more juice. And eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the override button on this program. And uh, it's just like, you know, hard, really hard, really, really hard. Even Rosie, when she was, uh, you know, kind of in her last stages. Now, she did have the benefit of the, um, the Rife machine, which I think really did help her. It was really a, a tremendous tool for her. Um, that was part of it. But even Rosie would have this rally moment. Like, oh, she's going to be okay. You know, she's not going to, you know, she's not going to check out. Because you start to think about it. Uh, I'm going to I have to do something here. Now, she was rife-aided, but it was, it's still the same thing. So I'm sorry about Jack. Sorry about Jack. Uh, let's see who else we have. Cece's in the house. What's going on, Cece? I hope you're enjoying your birthday week oh is uh is michael here today greetings michael 
Uh, who else? Have? SP Dimples. We're glad to have you back. SP. Double K. Catherine Kramer's here. Uh, okay. Who else do we have? Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, there's Empath Scrubbies. Hey, Tamara. Hope we get to see you again one of these days, Scrubbies. Mark M. Do we have the other Mark? Do we have both? Timothy Hartful's here. Good to see you, Timothy. Welcome to the show. Reggae Yacht sounds awesome. Reggae Yacht. Who would Reggae Yacht be? Who would be like a Reggae Yacht artist? I don't know. I don't know. UB40? UB40 kind of trended into easy listening, didn't they? Red, red wine and all that stuff. I think UB40 might be reggae yacht. Allie Campbell, great voice, by the way. Uh, let's see. Sony, did I say hi to Sony? You get two highs. Pam Jerome, checking in. What's going on, Pam? Let's see. Who else do we have? Maurice 100. Going to be seeing him soon. What's going on, my man? Maurice means dark. Dark. Maurice is Morris, which is Moorish. All right, who else do we have? Anybody else? Going once, going twice, going three times. Have heard about BlackRock's filing from Chapter 11 to Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I find that intriguing considering they're involved with the feds. Uh, apparently, McDonald's filed bankruptcy today. That's what Witchy Poo told me this morning. Scrubby's true hemp science is temporary out of the gummies. Yes, they have some coming in, need to test for potency. Talked with them yesterday. You guys have been so good at being on the uptake with the gummies that you completely cratered Chris's gummy stash. Look how short Zelensky is. None of those guys are really very tall. Even Putin's not that tall. Uh, let's see. C. Pines is here. What's going on, C. Pines? Triple hey, 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 triple hey, 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 hey. The moon dust is very good. Very, very good. Uh, from reorganizing to dump the debt, wonder if the bankruptcy judge will allow that. I don't know. Kabuki Theater, what's going on, Bo? Good to see you. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. We wish you could be here too, Michael. One of these days, Dina, you're on it. They're all shorties. Short people, a la Randy Newman. Randy Newman also did a song called Let's Drop the Big One. Are they related? Are the two themes connected? I don't know. I'm sure somebody out there can make a Grand Canyon-sized leap. Dawn Renee Hart. Our Leo Queen of the Day is here. She'll have to seed her crown for a day on Sunday. 
difference between short men and women. There is. I would agree with that. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Am I missing anybody? Any any new sailors? Ah, Chris and Steve. The crimmies are here. Always good to have the crimmies on board. Lots of greets. Lots of meet and greets. Nicholas Grimm. What's going on, Nicholas? Drive on, brother. He's on his way to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Send me a picture of Jack. Send me a picture of Jack. We'll do a little little moment for Jack tomorrow on the uh, Friday forecast. We'll dedicate the Friday forecast to Jack, too. Send me a picture, Janine. Jack couldn't be left alone. He was wearing, oh, my God. Yeah. At that point, it's called human intervention. My little scooter is heading down the slippery. It is hard. You know, it's very hard. That's exactly what happened with Jack. It's, it's what they do. They have this tel- They have this telepathy. They know that they're going to be managed out. I'm like, shit, I don't want to go. So they muster all of their, their little willpower to convince you that they're going to stick around, right? Yeah, that's what happens. Dread Zeppelin. Ooh, Kabuki Theater. Bo, that's a good call. Reggae Yacht with Dread Zeppelin. Maybe another postmodern concept. Um, oh. Let's see who else we have. Lyle Coyote. What's going on, brother? Lyle's in the house. Kelly B. Don't miss me, Robert. Kelly B, of course, we're going to miss you. But Tamara was at the event before. She came down two years ago. That doesn't mean that we won't miss you. Of course, we'll miss you. When you're not here, we miss you. Uh, Thor at the door is here, and his true hemp order is about to arrive today. Good. Good, 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 good. McDonald's has been morally bankrupt for half a century. Don't give her any ideas, Christine. Do not give her any ideas. Darlena needs an uninterrupted runway for her 90-minute presentation on human design on Sunday. She gets the entire rest of the weekend to be the Leo queen. Let's see, who else do we have here? Lyle, it's good to have you. Good to have you. All right. Our formalities are taken care of. So with the rest of the show dedicated to Jack the Corgi, let's get into it. I wanted to talk a little bit about, first off, this development with Nord Stream 2, which is really weird. Let me show you the story. And then we'll get into some uh, little Hitler stuff. Oh, you know what we got to do? Before I do this, we need our saint of the day. We need our saint of the day. And it's a good saint for the day. 
She was literally crucified because of her beauty. That is Saint Faith, also known as Fetus Foy and Foy. So her Memorial Day is October 6th. Her feast day is today. They even have an illuminated image of Saint Faith. Look at how beautiful she is. And we're going to say that she is a she. Just for the sake of the respect of her canonization. Reported to have been an exquisitely beautiful woman. Utterly indifferent to the world who had dedicated herself to God. She didn't care about how beautiful she was. It was the beauty of God that moved her internally. Arrested for her faith and tried by Dacian, procurator at Agen, France, and the persecutions of Diocletian. She, along with St. Alberta, were martyred when some of the spectators expressed express sympathy for the girl, Faith, Dacian had them beheaded. Dacian would have fit right in with uh, today's political climate. So let's get a little more info here on St. Faith. She was born at Agen, Aquitaine, modern France. Now, here's the unfortunate details about her endgame. She was cooked. She was cooked on a brazier. When I think of brazier, what do I think of? I think of Foster's Freeze in Burger King. Not Burger King, Dairy Queen. Well, I guess Burger King and Carl's. They 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 cook their, their patties on a brazier, you know, an open flame. Unfortunately, that was St. Faith's end as well. Now, what I don't understand about this is the sequence of events, which to me is confusing. She was cooked on a brazier and then beheaded. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why would you just, you know, behead her first and then do the cooking part? When it, I mean, it just seems weird, right? It's like, she's who knows, though? I mean, I don't know what the the state of her charred remains were at that point, but it just seems weird. Strange. So she has some relics. Uh, her relics were translated to the relics are very important. The relics contain the healing power of the saint. So you would actually go to the place that the relics are kept. And then you would go in and uh, receive the healing power of the saint. So um, they've been in a few different places. Her relics have been on the move. So they were translated to a church in Agen in the 5th century. Then they were moved to the Abbey of Conques in uh, Roguer Ro 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 in 86. Eight, uh, uh, the relics were moved to a new church there in 1050. And then part of the relics, so they decided to kind of share the wealth. Uh, part of the relics moved to a monastery of uh, Cusafat in Catalonia, Spain in 1365. So the Spaniards uh, get a little of the uh, healing power of St. Faith. Now, what is she a, a saint of? It's a good question, and I have the answer to that. Pilgrims, prisoners, and soldiers. And a representation of, 
is the gridiron, which is another name for the football field, rods and swords. You can see here, it looks like she has some kind of a sword-like medieval device. Cremies, put your fingers in your ears. Perhaps Tartarian technology. So if you're in need, if you're in a place where you're in a pilgrimage, a lot of people are in a pilgrimage now, trying to find a new place to live. God forbid you're a prisoner, but if you are listening in prison, I wonder if anybody listens to this show in prison. I'd be interested in that. I mean, we all have invisible prisons that we live in from time to time, but I'm talking about a real prison. So if there's a prisoner out there listens to the show, send me an email or text or something. I'd be interested in that. Um, and soldiers. So out of the three, I would say the majority of the people that would listen to this are probably pilgrimesque. Pilgrimesque. Oh, you know what? I am supposed to do a show next week. I'm supposed to do it on Tuesday. I think I'll probably have a show on Tuesday. I think that's that's the last day I'll have a show. Uh, our friend George, who I did the simulcast with before, we're going to do another simulcast. We talked about it. So I am going to have a show on Tuesday. Thanks, Robert. You're welcome, Robert. Why did I think of that? I think it was the soldier part, because he was a soldier. So there you go. The Saint Faith and Jack the Corgi. Today's show is dedicated to both. All right. Let's get into the Nord Stream thing, which is weird. It's like, oh, well, how does this happen? So this is from RT. Uh, what do we have here? Oh, we got another children's shooting thing, foreign country. Okay. Supplies are possible. Russia ready to send gas to EU via Nord Stream 2. Uh, in Moscow, well, from Moscow, this is the press release. Supplies are possible through the undamaged string of the pipeline, according to Russia's deputy prime minister. So um, Lyle, who's in chat, brought up a really good point, And this actually might even speak to his point here, is that, you know, did this event even actually occur? Good question. So Lyle, the answer to your question might be right here on this page. Russia is able to supply gas to Europe through a string of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that that Russia, RT, come on, get on with the uh, little proof in there, um, that, that that was not damaged by the recent explosions, according to Deputy Prime Minister Alexander Novak. The energy official described the blast on the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines as deliberate. Unfortunately, due to sabotage, one string of Nord Stream 2 was damaged an examination was required to, uh, to make further decisions on the fate of the string. Novak was quoted as saying by RIA Novosti, Novosti News Agency. As for the second string, it is ready, fully built. If the necessary legal decisions are made by our European colleagues regarding the certification removal of restrictions, I think Russia could provide appropriate supplies through the string of gas pipeline in a short time. Interesting. The Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines abruptly lost pressure on September 26th, following a series of powerful underwater explosions off the Danish island of Bornholm. 
The incident caused massive gas leaks with large volumes entering the sea. The ruptures are widely considered to be the result of sabotage carried out by an unknown party, a mysterious unknown party. The deputy premier also said that neither the operator of the Nord Stream project nor Gazprom or industrial regulator, I'm going to have an interesting time with this one, Rostechnadzdor, were allowed to investigate the incidents on the pipelines, adding that the rejector probe requires the participation of Russian professionals. So the, I guess the, uh, the, the uh, bottom line there is like, yeah, you can't inspect even your own pipeline. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Earlier this week, the operators of the two gas pipelines said they were unable to inspect the damage sections because of restrictions imposed by the Danish and Swedish authorities. Nord Stream 2 AG, the Switzerland-based operator, said on Tuesday it would examine the condition of the leaking pipelines once a police investigation of the crime scene is completed. And according, So how the fuck do the police do an investigation on something like this. What police department in the world do you know is capable of going into a situation like that with a submersible, poking around, like this is above their pay grade, totally above their pay grade. Meanwhile, let's see, uh, Nord Stream 2 AG Switzerland's operator said on Tuesday, but examined condition leaking pipelines with police officer crime scene. Is complete and accordant is lifted later. Do they have little yellow tape around the uh, where the explosion area took place? Do they have little yellow tape there? Oh boy, what a weird world! Uh, meanwhile, unnamed sources told CNN that Washington is considering offering to use its most advanced underwater sound reading capabilities to analyze audio recordings from around the time the Nord Stream gas pipeline's apparent sabotage. Russia earlier called rupturing of the pipelines a terrorist attack. While those behind it have not yet been identified, Moscow has suggested the U.S. was to blame. So magically, they are able to provide gas to Europe with the second string, which actually lends some credence to uh, Kyle's abstute, uh, uh, Lyle's abstute observation about what actually or didn't happen there. And this is all very Neptunian. It's the ocean, right? That's Neptune, Neptune Pisces, Neptune retrograde. Oh, you thought you didn't have gas? Well, guess what? We got gas for you. Gas is Neptune too, as well. And with Neptune, it's hard to understand, hard to see, hard to know, hard to have receipts, visible data. Literally, it's the perfect storm. Um, unlike Florida, which might have been the perfect imperfect storm, we didn't really talk about this on the show with uh, Dr. Longo on Sunday night. But to me, when you look at something like a place like Fort Myers, maybe even some of the islands like Sanibel who were completely wiped out, to me, that's, Katrina-like disaster capitalism. And um, we saw it happen in New Orleans, right, with Katrina. We saw it to some extent uh, with Houston, uh, with Harvey, uh, some of the uh, Gulf cities like Rockport, 
you know, just wiping out uh, residences that, and again, these areas do have extreme storms and flooding, which is why the houses are three feet and higher on the posts. And uh, the person that owns this place, uh, who is the grandson or the grandson or the great-grandson, I think the great-grandson of the family that moved to this area from Germany. And you know, there's a road named after the family right out here. He has a place down in Rockport. And he told me their place was, was fine uh, during, during the, the uh, whole Harvey thing. It was because of how it was built. It was able to withstand the storm and the flooding. So that, that does happen, by the way. But when they go into these areas, they will wipe things out. And all those houses that were connected with Fort Myers, some of which belong to people that live there uh, year-round, some snowbirders, although most of the snowbirders are on the other side. A lot of the snowbirders congregate in uh, Miami, uh, what else, Orlando, Jupiter, right? And that side, not much happened. On the other side, disaster. So they go in and then they well, they wind up, it's like good luck rebuilding those homes. So they go in and they'll, you know, they'll buy the homes up and they'll rebuild the place. And, um, you know, it'll be kind of Katrina 2.0, which is what happened in New Orleans. And they basically blew out all those houses that were generational. Generational housing is a problem because they don't want people passing their houses down to the next generation, the next generation. It's an annoyance. Like we want your fucking property. You don't own it anyway. So we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to remind you that you don't own it. So we have this thing with Russia, very unusual, strange event. And magically they're able to bring back the uh, gas pipeline. So I ran across this interesting little piece today. And it has to do with uh, our man in the thumbnail. Uh, the mayor of Tiny Town. You get, do you guys know that movie, the, the Terror of Tiny Town? It was a movie that was made. It was a, uh, what's his name? Todd. Oh, God. He's the same guy that did the movie Freaks. Back in the, was it the 30s? Let me see if I can find it. Let's see. Now, I've never seen The Terror of Tiny Town. Should we watch a clip for context? Why don't we watch a little clip for context? So it basically was a uh, a, uh, a Western with uh, short people. Potential spam, you don't get through. 
So let's do, just do a quick Wikipedia here. Uh, so this is, I don't think this is the same person that did Freaks. So if you're not familiar with the Terror of Tiny Town, let me uh, acquaint you. The Terror of Tiny Town is a 1938 American musical western produced by Jed Buell, directed by Sam Newfield, and starring Billy Curtis. The film is shot at a sound studio in Hollywood and partly at Placeritos Ranch in Placerita Canyon, California. The inspiration came when Buell overheard an employee jokingly say, if this economic dive keeps going, we'll be using midgets as actors. Using a conventional Western story with an all-diminutive cast, the filmmakers were able to showcase gags such as cowboys entering the local saloon by walking under the swinging doors, climbing into cupboards to retrieve items, and dwarf cowboys galloping on Shetland ponies while roping calves. So why don't we just do a little clip here of the terror of Tiny Town. This is one hour, one, one hour two minutes, and 20 This is the whole movie. So there's Billy Curtis and uh, Yvonne Moray. That's his, I guess that's his, uh, he's the hero, Buck Lawson. I guess they're small people. Well, he directed it too, didn't he? Um, Leonard Malton awarded the film one and a half out of four stars, calling it a typically badly enacted sagebrush, sagebrush plot. TV Guide uh, awarded the film one out of four stars, one of the strangest ideas ever put to film. Charles Tatum from E-Film Critic gave the film one out of five stars, panning the film's acting, screenplay, and musical numbers stating that the film was so short on entertainment. Craig Butler from Alt Movie panned the film, calling it disappointingly boring, criticizing the film's amateurish acting, unimaginative screenplay, and uninspired Sounds a lot like our situation in the world today. Actually, amateurish acting, unimaginative screenplay, and uninspired direction. The Dennis Schwartz gave the film a C plus. It holds up as a curio for those parties who are just curious to see midget cowboys in action. It wasn't a great movie. So this is a little bit different than Freaks, but they're kind of in the same midnight movie category. Um, and even Dwarf started small. That's a Warner Herzog movie. So we're going to just name Zelensky, the mayor of uh, Tiny Town. He's the mayor of Tiny Town. He is the mayor. He is the terror. He is now the new terror of Tiny Town. Okay, so there's this thing I ran across today that I want to show for you here. Give me one second. And it, and it um, uh, you know what? I don't want this. Every now and then, this is weird with my computer. You ever type in something in the in the in the search bar, and it takes you to another window that you already have open. Does that ever happen to anybody? It happens to me. It just happened to me again. Why the fuck did that happen? That's weird. All right. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, let's see. Hold on. 
When it happens twice, you can either take it as a sign and drop it, or you can find a workaround. We're in the workaround stage. Here we go. All right. Ha Okay. So we're going to take, let me do this in real time so you guys can see what I'm doing here. Give me one sec. Got to make sure I get the spelling right. So what's interesting is that with Zelensky, you get a number of different spellings. So you get the Zelensky with one Y and you get the Zelensky with two Ys. So we're going to use the one Y Zelensky. Let's do this. All right, real time. Here we go. So we're going to enter the text here. Zelensky. Right. Can you guys see this? I think you can see this. All right. Let's do the translation. Come on now. Uh, hold on. Let's do the, hold on. Let's do this. Let's back it up. Back it up, baby. Back it up. Let's do Ukrainian. Ukrainian to English. Translate. Not, not working. Not work. Let me show you the, uh, the clip. I was trying to reproduce the results. Let me show you the clip I have because it will uh, give you an idea as to what I'm attempting to do here. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Zelensky, Zelensky, Zelensky. All right, here we go. This is what I'm looking for. Right here. Here's your receipt. Give me one second. I'm going to make it bigger. All right, stop, 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 stop. 
Stop, stop. All right, here we go. No, that's not it. Shoot. Too many windows. Somebody who was it? I think it was Michael. Yeah, I'm kind of a window guy. I'm a tab guy. All right, so we have right there. Okay, here we go. All right, keep your eye on the center of the screen right here. Let's play it back. I'm gonna pause here. Let me just re redo this so you can see what this guy's doing here. So we're doing a translation of his name. You can see this. Ukrainian English. Enter text. So you can see this here. Zelensky Vol Vol Volodymyr translates into English as evil rules the world. Then he does it, I think, in other um, translations as well. See, he's doing it again. Zelensky Volodymyr, evil rules the world. Now, I couldn't reproduce that, um, but I'm sure I'm probably doing something wrong. There you go, right? So is that true? Is this really what his name translates into? He's a very um, singular character on, you know, on the, on the uh, world stage. He's an actor. We know he's an actor. Pops up out of nowhere. He's an Aquarian, which is noteworthy. And he has done everything in his power to stage manage this supposed conflict. And he's been ubiquitous. He's been everywhere. You know, he shows up in London. He he's, he's everywhere. But I actually think that he is like the modern face of Big Brother. You know how Big Brother would show up on these screens everywhere and exhort people to do their part, talk about the details of whatever war was going on or not going on in 1984. He's playing that role. You know, it, it's easy to dismiss somebody like him as a puppet. Well, he's just a puppet. He's the puppet of the, of the uh, neocons, or he's the puppet of the West, or he's the puppet of the World Economic Forum. Maybe he's more than a puppet. Maybe, maybe we're sleeping on Zelensky as maybe one of the faces of the Antichrist. And we've talked about it before. Because everything he does is completely and utterly banal and evil. He shuts down any any kind of um, opportunity to work things out, and that that's all part of the theater. You ever notice that they also call like where 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 war is happening? They call it the war theater. You ever, you ever notice that? That's how, the, that's how they describe war, what happens with war. It's the war theater. 
and soldiers are just actors and they're all playing out a part of this drama. So the, the whole idea of war, which of course is connected to Zelensky because he's stage managing whatever is going on in Ukraine and Russia, which is really about dismantling the rest of the planet. This is a dismantling exercise, whether it's fuel, um, whether it's the economy, whatever it is, it's, it's stage managed dismantling. So what's interesting about this whole scenario is like, who really wants to fight in a fucking war? If you, if the stories are true with Russia, you've got people, men and women, I guess, because I want to be with them. They're leaving Russia. They want out. They don't want anything to do with this war. And again, according to what we know, uh, 300,000 Russian men have been conscripted to fight in the war. And they started cutting out, going through the south, heading into Georgia and other places that were uh, adjacent to Russia. And in fact, the flow of people leaving was apparently so bad that they had to close the border with tanks. So this brings up a really interesting question. Do people have the stomach for a war? And I'm not just talking about this whole idea of conflict and drones and strikes and theoretically bombing a you know a, an underwater pipeline. I'm talking about hand to hand in the trenches, bloody combat. I don't think people, I don't think people have the stomach for war. Like it's easy. Like if you go back to World War II. Well, it's not that easy, but it's easier than the conditions that exist today. You just had World War I, bloody fucking war, killing millions of people, wiping out a lot of the male progeny of Western Europe. So the wounds are still fresh, right? And then what do they do? They, they, they raise the spirit of the Fuhrer to create this giant maniacal threat to the rest of the world. It's like, we got to go bigger, bolder, louder than World War I because we're not finished here. We didn't finish our objective. And then once they were able to paint a picture in people's minds that Hitler and the Japanese the axis of evil, right? They were so bad that they were going to dominate the planet uh, and enslave the rest of us. That that coupled with Pearl Harbor th threw Americans into the war. But there was no real stomach for it. They had, they had to gin up the circumstances to do that. And then you go into Korea and people at that point, they're just conditioned. Well, war is just a part of life. Right? So you have the Korean war and the conditioning of the Korean war. It's just a part of life. So we're just going to do that. Right. That's how that worked. And then, okay, they're so well conditioned. Let's roll out another one. Let's roll out Vietnam. And by that time, a lot of things had changed. Generationally, things had changed. And people were suffering burnout 
from these wars. So they knew that at some point they would have to have covert wars. It's like, we're going to take the big wars off the table. Well, these little covert wars around the world. We'll stage war in a different kind of way. Fast forward now with the threat of theoretical World War III, what is really the stomach for war? How many people in Western Europe who aren't being paid as part of a mercenary army are going to want to go into battle and fight? How many? How many Russians want to do it? I don't even think they've got the stomach for it. How many Americans are going to go tromping off into the, you know, the European theater to take on uh, the, it's not even the red menace anymore. It's, it, it's like Putin is Darth Vader. How many Americans are, are really willing to, how many American parents are going to send their kids over there? A lot of virtue signaling in that area, but I doubt that, that, that it's going to be that well. So we, there's no stomach for war. We've been taken out of the, the war cycle and the war scenario for a long period of time. And there may be some people in the world who are violent and, and can sustain a violent uh, threat for a limited period of time, which is a different version of war. But I just don't think there's a stomach for it. So this is going to be a hard thing to sell, ultimately. And if anything is going to happen with what's going on there, it's going to be a combination of theatrics. And again, we don't even really know what's happening there. There's things happening, right? But we don't have any boots on the ground. We have no boots on the ground. Really, when I say boots, I'm talking about press, real press. I'm not talking Gonzalo Lira. We don't really completely fully understand. And I saw, I saw a, a, a picture the other day of this guy who was a war correspondent from England. And he was you know, kind of, kind of wearing the, the war garb a little bit brown, you know, he's dressed in brown, the ground's brown. He's got a flak jacket. Uh, he's got a microphone. He's got a camera on his head and he's crouched down like he's in the middle of the firing line of everything. In the background, you can see a woman, it's her property. She's walking around trying to figure out what the fuck is going on here. They were staging this whole thing. They were staging this, this whole, this whole kind of press moment to give people the, the understanding or the belief that something was really happening there. And I'm not saying that something isn't happening there, but it's not the something that you think is happening there. And I think this is important because they're going to try to do their very best to gin people up and to get all, you know, frothy about the war and go over there and theoretically fight, right? There's no stomach for it, though. No stomach. At least not in this country. And they've tried. They've tried very hard to paint Vladimir Putin as Darth Putin. It's just, it's not going to happen. And meanwhile, you, you have the mayor of the tiny town, Zelensky, playing the lead role in this movie, he's, he's playing the lead role and he's an actor. He was an, he was a comedian. 
That's what his role was prior to this. And he played at one time he played the president. We all know this shit, right? It's all, it's all on the table. It's all on the table. And so while he may uh, be a vertically challenged petty tyrant, it's actually manifesting itself into the greatest acting role of his career. And he's playing it to the hilt, right? And he's being greeted by who? Other actors. Other actors visit. They make a pilgrimage to go see Zelensky. And you know who they are. Speaking of actors, I'm going to show you a video. This one really got my attention. It's so fucking ridiculous. I got some funny videos here for you guys. I got some not so funny videos. Where's that funny video? Let me see. Okay, this one is a little weird, strange. This is kind of like a, kind of a, what the fuck video. So let me paint the picture for you here. It's one of these uh, Halloween, like uh, hay bale labyrinths, right? Like it's like a children of the corn thing. Although if you don't have corn, they use hay bales and you have to go through the hay bale labyrinth. So it's one of these things. So it's a clip and clearly there are actors here speaking of actors, um, that that's part of this clip. And there's this one guy who is acting out like the zombie role who has a very kind of strange visage and very much in character. But I want to, I want you to pay attention as to what's going on in the background with this video. Cause that's the thing that is, uh, all right. So here we go. I'm going to make this bigger. Okay, so you can kind of see it, right? That's like this whole kind of hay bale thing. So keep your eye on this guy right here. <laughs> but also watch what's going on in the background. I'm going to go back and stop this a little bit. So he steps and he falls. Whoops. And he gets up. Perfectly in character, right? But look what's going on in the background. Like, what the fuck is going on? You got these green aliens, and they're literally abducting kids. Like, look at this. <laughs> this is fucking nuts. Everybody's focused on, you know, Jason or zombie guy. I'm focused on what's going on back here. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Got the kid riding that little pony. Or his costume. <laughs> what the fuck? It's almost like it's almost like the alien is dry humping that dude. Look at him. Let's go back here. I mean, he, and the guy is like, look at his face. See his face? He's like, oh my god. And you got this alien. I mean, watch him. Just keep your eye on him for a minute. It's like, what the fuck is going on in America? This guy, he, you know, he fucks up. 
Stays in character, though. You got to give him that. Doesn't look too tall either. <laughs> like, did you see that? It's it's like the it's like the alien is dry humping this dude, and then he's and then he's abducting him, <laughs> and then the abductions keep going. We got another abduction happening here. Oh my god, that's crazy. It's fucking crazy. There's the kid with the pink pony. Taking the kids out of the maze. Affecting these kids. Look at them. (laughs) We live in a really weird fucking world. A really weird world. This is another one. Look at this. This is funny as hell. (laughs) Look at these cats. It's like, oh my God, they're into it. These cats are partying hard. All right, I got one more video for you today. And um, let me see if I can find it. <sighs> yeah, it's a serious video though. I don't know, I'm not sure I want to end on, the, on a serious video note. I don't think I want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I want to leave you with a little surreality and, and uh, light humor today. I don't want to wreck the mood. I don't want, I don't want to like take a dump on our kind of funny buzz right now. So I'm gonna leave it there. But just remember, if you take your kids uh, to the hay bale labyrinth, keep your eyes out for the abducting aliens getting in a little bit of uh, questionable extracurricular activity. Keep your eye out for that. All right. So tomorrow we're going to have uh, Howdy McCoskey over on YouTube for 15 minutes, uh, the Friday forecast. This is 15 minutes of flight. Friday forecast. And that'll be really good. It'll be leaving Plato's cave or how to end the reincarnation cycle. So we're going we're gonna to poke holes in sacred cows tomorrow. And I know at some point along the way, in the midst of our conversation, we'll talk about reincarnation and karma. And we might have a very different take on both of those. So please join us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, and uh, and uh, we got a big event on Friday next week. Looking forward to that. And it's really going to be like a culminating event for our, our season here. And I think I'm probably going to take a little bit of time off after the event, at least a week to try to gather my, uh, my molecules and atoms and uh, put them back together and in shape for another run here at the end of the year. Okay. Thanks for being here. Uh, use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say up when it's possible. Jack, travel on, travel on Jack. Be with the great dog in the sky. Return home to the place of your origination, Sirius, the dog star. And for everybody who out there who has lost a, a pet, one of our beloved little four-leggeds, 
occasionally the two-legged, mostly four, furry ones. Our heart goes out to you. But guess what? There's another pet out there looking for a new home, new owner, and ready to provide you with unconditional love. What more can you ask for? All right. Take good care. Chataria, you're the best. We'll see you guys tomorrow over on YouTube. Bye for now.